Hi, this is Michael Soto. And I'm Sam Garman. You're listening to Transform. The podcast where we explore the stories and experiences of folks who are transgender. Beyond the transition. One, two, three, four. What did your mom say? What is your real name? How about those drugs that you take? And does your voice change? How come you don't feel ashamed? What kind of love do you make? But you don't care about my answers. Your questions ignore me. Let me tell you a story. We're doing this podcast uh, because a lot of the narratives around trans folks are focused on the physical transition um, that some trans folks uh, go through. And we think there's more to that story. Trans folks are frequently reduced to this idea of where do you pee and what's in your pants. And when you reduce a whole population of people down to those basic elements, um, you lose the fact that there is a tremendous amount of, of diversity and humanity in this population. And so we want to tell stories about our community, um, talk about things that we deal with um, way outside the bathroom um, <laughs> and outside the binary. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, one of the things that, that you and I talked about when we were talking about starting this podcast was that there is no one trans story. There is no one way for trans folks to be or live in the world, um, that there are so many ways to be trans, um, and that that's uh, that the transition piece of it is just one small part of each of our stories. Um, and that looks different for everybody, that yep. transition piece. So Yeah. That was one of the most powerful things when I was transitioning for me that I, I heard someone say, there's no one way to be transgender. And it was such a powerful idea to think about, oh, yeah, that's really true. Like, it's not just, you know, you don't have to, like, okay, I'm, I've declared myself to be a transgender man, and now I need to go to the gym all the time and have all of the perfect muscles and all of the body hair and then start calling everyone bro. And like, <laughs> like that's not really me. Like that's just right. not going to be who I am. And not that there's anything wrong with that because, uh, you know, shout out to all the trans guys out there who call everyone bro. <laughs> but if that's not how you do you, then that's okay too. Yeah. yeah. And everybody's, everybody's story, everybody's transition, everybody's, experience is so wildly different and there is such limited space in the popular culture or media to even have that kind of nuanced conversation like it's just not really even reasonable to expect media to do that um and so the thought is like well let's do it ourselves let's yeah let's absolutely do it. absolutely and i think building off of that like it's not reasonable for media outside of our community to do that because sometimes even inside of our community we have sort of a recipe for right whether you're coming out as trans or lesbian gay or bisexual or queer or non-binary there's yeah. like a this is how you do it right you buy all the rainbow stuff you do <laughs> right you buy all the trans stuff <laughs> you go to this you go to that there's right yeah I mean, I, absolutely when I, when I came out i definitely was like how do i do this you know <laughs> and like people were like here lots of like but you have to find here's, your own journey it's the agenda right here's the here's the agenda here's the, agenda. the membership kit <laughs> the membership kit here's how you do it right Oh, yeah. the front page just says, welcome to being trans. Exactly. And, so, and it's, uh, you know, 
It gives you the steps, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. But I have to say, when I came out, I was so guilty of wanting that. Totally. I was like, somebody please tell me how to do this thing right. that I'm about to embark on that feels so foreign. Absolutely. Like, there's no, and that's part of the thing about there not being any media representation. Yes. Uh, about there not being, like, there's no models. There's no, there's no visibility. And right. so what happens is then when you say you're trans and it's like, what does that mean? Right. And how do I do this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that this works for me. This is, feels good. And this feels like this is the path. Yeah. Um, and this, I found like I finally can see myself, right? Mm -hmm. um, but now how do I do it? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is my truth, but now what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, that's sort of something that I've seen a lot is new people, new trans folks coming in and being like, so I'm out. <laughs> now what do I do? Somebody tell me. That stuff is different for everyone. You know, oh my it's gosh. always going to look different. <laughs> you know, as a, you know, I've been out for a while. And so oh. younger trans folks will come to me and say, well, like, what's my next step? And I'm like, right. yeah, do you know who can't tell you that? Me. me. <laughs> yeah. Or, or literally anyone else. Right. Like that has to, and that's really hard when you're like, yeah. oh, I've been lying to myself and the whole rest of the world for all of my life. Yes. I have been, I've taught myself that the thing that I want or the thing that's true for me is not true. You know, and that's, again, not every trans story is like that. Sure. But when you have, when you have been hiding yeah. to then turn around and be like, okay, well now I have to trust myself for my next step of my journey. Like that is a, learn, yeah, learning to trust yourself has to be like, 50% of the, like, what does it mean to transition has to be like, absolutely. I have to believe that I know me. Yeah. So Sam, what was your, um, would you share a little bit of your story? Sure. Who you are? And, yeah. Sure. So I grew up in this, um, super conservative Christian home. Um, and I, uh, I, I have a great family who I love very much. Um, and who has, um, really been pretty incredible in terms of uh growing with me it was not always like that <laughs> the, right. at the sort of very beginning um but you know i didn't have any idea that there were gay people yeah. um that was not a thing <laughs> um not at all and it was a very like a very strictly monitored kind of a upbringing yeah. um, i went to a christian school oh wow in grade school, I wow. went to a Christian high school. No way. Yes. I went to wow. a year of Bible school where, where it was really like just the Bible. Wow. That was it. That was you, the whole curriculum. Are you serious? For you, the first year, yes. You didn't learn anything else. It was just, just the Bible. Just the Bible, yep. And wow. And so in that, I was really clear early on. I mean, had I had the word, I could have told you I was trans when I was three. Of course, right. I, yeah. Like, it was really clear to me yeah. that, like, this body is not the same as what I feel on the inside. Like, the things that are being sort of put on me are the things that don't fit for me. Um, I So I was really clear about that. Right. But I was also really clear about what was and was not acceptable and okay. And uh -huh. so... I had this from very early on, this understanding that if people really knew me, that would not be okay and they would not love me. Right. And so I um I threw myself into this like mega church sounds 
I mean, that carries a lot of weight, but it really is that it was kind of the deal. Like it was okay. very much that kind of a church. Wow. And so like, I mean, I threw my, I went on missions trips and I was on staff and I was a discipleship, like all of these things where it was like, this is going to be my identity mm-hmm. because if this is my identity, it will be sort of unimpeachable. No one will see past it. No one will be able to, to like really get to me because I will have this perfectly, you know, concocted persona right. in front of me. Um, and that, I mean, that led to a tremendous amount of loneliness and a tremendous amount of like struggled a ton with depression and anxiety and just really feeling awful about who I was. Right. Um, and completely stopped my ability to be vulnerable or to be honest or to be authentic in any way. Yeah. So it was like this, I, my really my entire youth and sort of adolescence was spent sort of chasing this perfect thing that everyone else, it seemed like it was really pretty easy for. Yeah. Like, it, it was just, it did not fit for me. And I tried so hard and just couldn't couldn't make it work. <clears throat> and so it wasn't until I was 24 um, that I came out as a lesbian. Okay. And I was like, yeah, this is... I think this is it. Like, I, I'm pretty sure this is right. Like, I like girl people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like this is it. People. I think this is it. And, and I, like, and so then I had to leave the church. Wow. Because I was on staff. Wow. At the church, like, there, and that was not a, that was not an option. So like, there were no gay people in no, the church? No, okay. none at all. I mean, and at that time, especially um, in the gay community Mm -hmm. you could not say that you were a christian Mm. like that was not a thing sure and in the church community you could not say that you were gay Mm -hmm. and so it was like you have to choose right these communities don't mix yes so i mean and to be fair so much of the christian community certainly at that time Mm -hmm. was virulently anti-gay sure and 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 not even like we've we've made a huge amount of progression since that time. I mean that was, t- uh, oh gosh, thirteen, fourteen years ago. Nice. <laughs> um, and so I mean that's a that's a in the intervening time there have really been many churches who've come forward and said like this is not our belief system. I go to one of those churches now. Right. So like I in the in the intervening time I've sort of reconciled that. But at the time, I had to choose, and so I was like. So I went, I, I went full queer, like wow. just head in, <laughs> just all gay all the time. All the rainbow stuff was yeah. everywhere. Oh yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and it like, it, cause that needed to be my identity because I had left this other identity behind. Right. Um, that was your whole life. And it was yeah. this like sort of persona you had built. So you yeah. had to build a new one. Yeah. Yeah. And so after like three years of that, where I had like really built this new thing as my persona, like this is the thing I'm going to hide. Be- like this is my new shield. Right. Then... At that point, I heard the word transgender. Wow. And so I was 27 before I had even heard that word. Wow. Or had any idea. That was the same year that – I was thinking about this the other day. That was the same year that Max was on the L word. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, Is and that so, how you heard transgender? No. Okay. I had I – had s- the the woman I was dating at the time had uh-huh. some friends who were drag performers. Okay. And I was like, oh – so to be a trans guy, you have to also do drag. Uh, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. And and I was like, at this point, like I've spent all this time investing in this like new identity of of gayness. Right. So I'm gonna just have to like, I'm just gonna have to just deal with it. Right. Um. And I, 
I think it's some something about it spoke to me, but I was kind of like, yeah, I've missed my time for that. Okay, because it was so, later in your twenties. Yeah, you, yeah, and and I felt like, man, I just already done so much to come out, and right. like I'll just I'll just kind of like I'll just kind of chill, and I wasn't, it wasn't I wasn't consciously as aware as I'm making it sound. I think subconsciously, I really. I connected to it. I understood it. I was so fascinated, but I couldn't, like, I couldn't necessarily speak it. I was, like, still too terrified to speak it. And so then, um, just when I was uh, 34, so in, like, you know, however many years later, math is really hard. (laughs) Seven years later, um, I finally was like, I cannot, I I can't not do this anymore. Like, it had had gotten too painful to not explore it. And at first it was like, I'm having some questions about my gender identity. And people were like, so what does that mean? I was like, it means that I'm having some questions about my gender identity. (laughs) (laughs) Means what I said. Means what I said. (laughs) And I'm also going to need to go to a lot of therapy for this. I don't don't know where we're going, guys. Just everyone. It was sort of like, okay, until further notice. (laughs) Just so you know. Sam's on some sort of a journey. Nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> Including Sam. <laughs> Including Sam. Sam, <laughs> Sam, is, Sam is confused and so are we all and we're just all going to have to be okay in the gray space. <laughs> That's great. I love it. <laughs> and to their credit, my people, most of like pretty much to a person, people were like, okay. Wow, that's fantastic. Like, I don't know where we're going, but okay. That's great. That's a good reaction, though, right? Yeah. Like, people were in for the journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. How about you? You said you came out 20 years ago. Yeah, so I came out when I was 19, um, so it was a very long time ago. <laughs> it feels like a long time ago. And so, you know, for me, really, from the time that I started school until the time that I went to college, like my sort of K through 12 years, I really think of as my drag years, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> every day. You did drag the opposite way. Exactly. <laughs> every day I had to pretend to be someone that I wasn't. And so it was the, it was National Coming Out Day, actually, mm. where I, for the very first time, saw, like, rainbow flags all over Hayden Lawn, which is, like, the big sort of central, you know, lawn gathering place at ASU, or was then. Um, and I saw men holding hands and women holding hands and people that looked a little different. It clearly stood out. Uh, there was something different about this group of people, um, and I was terrified. And at the time, I lived on campus, and I lived at the dorm that was right there by uh, Hayden Lawn, and I, like, ran into the dorm and then spent, like, the next couple hours, like, peeking around the corner, like, looking at people in the lawn, <laughs> being like, what are they? What is happening here? And, like, trying to work up the nerve to go and talk to someone and ask questions. <laughs> Um, which eventually I did, um, and I was, you know, people were so nice and very kind, and I was just like, all right, there's something about this that has to do with me, but I don't know quite yet what that is. Um, and so I started going to, you know, their different social things and meeting people, asking questions, and pretty soon um, came out as um, gay, kind of undefined gay, <laughs> because I didn't know that there were trans people yet. Um, 
but very quickly, uh, so, so after coming out um, as gay or queer, um, I was at a coffee meeting uh, that this group of students did and met my first trans person. Um, still didn't even know that was like an option, that that was an identity, that people lived this experience um, until I met this person. And she was, uh, you know, just this beautiful tall woman that was hanging out with this group of people and suddenly she starts telling her story and I was just like in awe. I was just like, oh my God, this is real. Like, this isn't just a dream that I have. Like, this is an option. Um, and so immediately I was like, I am you, you were me, <laughs> just the other way. Um, went back to my dorm afterwards, um, started, this was still in the days of dial-up, so. Oh, know. man. <laughs> dial-up that really internet. makes this this research prospect really much harder. It does. <laughs> a little painful, really. Um, and so, you know, start, uh, get online and start doing uh, some research, trying to figure out, you know, what does this word trans and transgender mean? Um, and very quickly, I was just like, this is me. You know, I found who I am. Um, so, you know, I had to come out more clearly and say to people so yes i am still queer <laughs> yes um but also i'm trans um and that's what this means and this is how this i think will unfold i'm not entirely sure what all the math math is on how i get to you know get through this process but this is what's happening um and some of my friends reacted well um my best friend since we were 13 uh, she also lived in that dorm at the time and uh, she has always just rolled with it and been like, okay, here we go. Let's, let's do this. Um, she's always, you know, ready to go on an adventure with me. Um, my family did not react so well. Um, and it reacted extremely poorly in fact. And so, um, really they didn't come back into my life in any meaningful way until I was 29. Um, wow. so essentially left my life for a very long period of time. Um, some important years, um, that really left me sort of feeling, like I had no mooring, you know, it was yeah. just like, I, I suddenly had to figure out how to be, how to do this adulting thing and transition, um, and finish school and, you know, do all, start a career, do all these things on my own, um, which was a little overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was hardcore. Um, but good as well. Like it gave me a lot of freedom, um, to figure out who I want to be. Um, so I'm grateful for that in the long run. Um, well, and I think our stories, uh, you know, we there's some some commonality there, and I think right. when I talk to other trans folks, there's a really there's a commonality there around like not having seen anyone like me, definitely believing like that I was the only person who'd ever felt this way, right? That you know, all of the there's so much gendering within our culture. Yes, everything is gendered. Everything, literally everything. Yes. And so when that is going on. And you're like some sort of a, you know, a traitor to that. Right. You don't fit in any box. Like it can feel like, oh my God, I'm the only one. Absolutely. And there must be something terribly, terribly wrong with me. Right. And I think that's part of why when you and I were discussing this, we would even consider like doing a podcast. Absolutely. Like what, like what is it that drives this? It's a lot about like, I wish that I had heard two trans guys talking about life <laughs> yeah. and what was going on for them Yes, when I was 10. Absolutely. It would have changed everything for me. Right, or that my parents had heard that, you know, yeah. like a, a relatively recent experience in the last five years or so. And then eventually my parents both being like, 
basically apologizing and saying, I'm so sorry, I had no idea. You know, looking back, knowing you now, um, and looking back on your childhood, I can see it. Like, absolutely. I could put the puzzle pieces together, but I had no information and no way to do that then, you know? And just the, it's been... Um, a really interesting experience in like sort of empathy and um, love and caring for my parents, seeing sort of them grieve something that they had literally no control over because they didn't have the information yeah. um, to know how to respond any different way than they did. Um, but that's, you know, this, I mean, I think that's part of the responsibility, um, at least that I've always felt of being out, right? It's mm-hmm. why I'm very out. It's why I'm very active in the community is so that there are four-year-olds and 10-year-olds out there and 16-year-olds and 20-year-olds that don't have to um, wonder, right? Yeah. <laughs> they have resources and have stories that they can um, see a life for themselves beyond that moment. Yeah. And one of the things I think is cool is like this podcast is not going to show up on uh, the the last watched on your cable it's not going to show up on netflix it's not right. going to like this is a way that folks can access this information and these conversations that it that can be under the radar if it still needs to be absolutely yeah like it it doesn't it, if if you're if you're listening to this right now like <laughs> and you're not ready then you don't have to force yourself to be ready exactly and don't you know you you are the person who decides that no one else can decide that for yep. you and you have a right to explore whatever you need to explore until the point when you're ready for whatever the next step is, whatever that looks like for your life. Gosh, how powerful would it have been if we had heard that oh my God. from someone in our teen or adolescent years? I can't even imagine. I literally can't yeah. even imagine what that time period in my life would have been like if I would have heard those words, right? If I would have had any of this knowledge or (laughs) awareness um, to have these conversations with important people in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so cool that, you know, there are, there are so many kids now who are saying like, yes, I'm trans. It's amazing. And parents who are believing them. Yes. And, and I think they're, you know, they're, without being to the children are our future like (laughs) that's i mean that that is where i hope our society is headed yeah is that you know we we can trust kids to say who they are absolutely and and to and to be clear about that and believe them right Mm -hmm. to to trust that like they know themselves well enough to say who they are in that moment and let them grow from there Yeah. yeah yeah well and some of that is like for me it was so cool is you know I have kids and so when I had to come out to my kids as trans which is a bananas experience I bet wow. um, it's it was really something but <laughs> Jazz Jennings had written a children's book oh. about her experience being oh, I trans love that. and so we literally read this book to them every night oh that's adorable. for like months oh. before it was like oh hey dad's trans too like <laughs> That's awesome. And by that point, they had some understanding, and it and it yeah. had normalized for them in a way that they could, they could take that in, yeah, and not have it feel like this is way out of left field. For my parents, when I told them, like mm-hmm. if I had read a children's book to them, it might have helped them, yeah. but it was so out of left field for them. Yeah. They had no concept of what that meant. My mom literally asked me, like, "Well, will you be unrecognizable?" Whoa. And I was like, "Well, um." Probably not. <laughs> yeah. I I think it'd be real unlikely. Yeah. But this idea that, like, 
my child is going to change so much that I won't even be able to recognize them. Wow. Like, That's a powerful thought. Yeah. And yeah. and they just had no... Even when I came out, they had no knowledge. Like, right. th- this was not in their lexicon at all. Right. Absolutely. Why would it be, right? If it's yeah. so outside of their lived experience in the yeah. community. Um, it takes... Um, but that's another reason why coming out is powerful, right? Is that mm-hmm. through the process of coming out, pretty much everyone's lives become touched by an LGBTQ person at some point in their life. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a powerful, powerful thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so this podcast um, is going to be many things, including people's stories like ours that we've shared with you today. Um, we sometimes we'll do interviews where we'll talk to other trans folks um, about their lives, their experiences, um, and who they are in the world. Yeah, we really believe in the power of stories um, because, as we said, there's no right way to be trans, and so the more stories you hear, the more uh, there's an ability to understand the depth of that truth. Um, and trans people are really not any one thing, and it's really easy to paint trans folks as a monolith. Absolutely. Um, because if you don't if you don't hear a lot of those stories or you hear only one thing, um, it's it would just it would be too easy to dismiss a whole community of people who are vibrant and diverse as like sort of this one pigeonhole thing. Absolutely. Uh, we're also going to explore uh, different topics, um, so things like masculinity and femininity, um, things like family, right? Uh, like coming out, like we've just been talking about, um, all sorts of different topics that are relevant to our lives, work, school, you know, all of those different things, um, and how, again, uh, how that looks different for different kinds of people that are trans, um, because there's, there isn't one recipe, there's not one mathematical formula that work, school, and uh, family look the same for all of us, right? We don't all work for the trans corporation. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so you get to uh, have a understanding of the many types of lives that we all lead. Yeah. And we're not really going to do a lot of trans 101 type uh, education. Uh, We will hopefully link to things in our show notes. If there are things we mentioned that, you know, it's, there's things that you might be able to learn more about if you want that. Um, There are lots of resources for trans 101 information. um, And so we're really focused on lived experience and stories and discussions um, as a way to understand a more full picture of what it is to be trans. Absolutely. Um, and sometimes we'll talk about current events too, right? And how that relates to uh, transness. Um, something I can think of when it comes to visibility and uh, sort of public trans um, aw- like awareness, I guess, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, um, is the recent elections, right? Where mm-hmm. we saw um, just a record number of trans people elected to public office, which is just incredible um, yeah. throughout this country and talk about role models, right? Or mm-hmm. people to uh, when you're a kid or a young adult feel like, whoa, this is a person who is out as trans and is now my mayor or is now my um, state representative or yeah. school board member or anything like that. So, yeah, those are definitely, I mean, that's definitely powerful stuff. And then we've also seen um, some really negative and scary things for the trans community since this last election. Yes. Um, and and I think we'll talk about some of those things beyond just um, here's here's why it sucks this headline, but instead talk about like what does that mean for folks who are trans in everyday life 
as it relates to just sort of existing in public spaces and in the world. Absolutely. Because I think there's been lots of discussions. I mean, the, the whole trans bathroom bill thing is mm-hmm. a is a perfect example of this where, yes, it's coded as this thing that's just about who can pee where. But the reality is that it is about really more than that, much more than that, about whether trans people can exist in public spaces and have any expectation of safety or Absolutely. dignity. Absolutely. Right. Do we have access to public life? Once we're out as trans people, which if we don't, that has a massive ramifications um, that are way beyond bathrooms yeah. and where we pee. And so we'll, you know, that's, that is one example of the kind of story we might talk about. Um, and you can, you know, we would love feedback on those things and conversation from folks who are tuning in and listeners. And, you know, we will try and address those things as, as it's relevant We recognize that there may be a lot of you out there who are tuning in, who are not part of the trans community, but are joining us today because there's something about the trans community that's interesting to you or you're looking for more information. And so to honor that, we're going to do an ally moment every episode. Being an ally really just means showing up in someone's life. It means being actively engaged, being respectful, and walking down their path with them. And so one of the things you can do as an ally is ensure that you're honoring and respecting their choices. One of the ways you can do that is by changing their name in your phone as soon as they've identified a name they would like to be using. That simple act of changing their name is your first step in being an awesome ally for your trans friend, family member, or coworker. It will help train your brain that every time you call them or text them or communicate with them via your phone, that that is the name that's attached to them. And that's one simple way because it's visual it helps our brains lock it in even better. Thanks for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out on a single new episode. Our music is by Skylar Kurgle. Check him out at skylarkurgle.com where you can see what he's up to and link to all his social media. We want to hear from you. You can connect with us on transformpod.com or on Facebook at transformpod. We appreciate all your questions and feedback, so please email us at transformpod at gmail.com. We really encourage your thoughtful and positive feedback. If you disagree with us, that's fine, but we will not engage in any name-calling or dehumanizing talk, so please just don't do it. Thanks for going beyond the transition with us. Please tell me a story.